politics, life, Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's home remodeler, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at crosskitchenskc.com. I've yet to meet a single person in my entire life that didn't believe that one bad decision shouldn't ruin somebody's life. That it really shouldn't all hinge on just one bad decision. I think philosophically we all sort of agree with that. Depends on what the bad decision is, obviously. But there seems to be this argument now in light of the murder of the young nursing student, Lakin Riley, in Athens, Georgia, that, and on the heels of what happened here in Kansas City at Union Station, that we can't just have everything change and everybody's life turned upside down and ruined because of one bad decision. In the case of Union Station, we're talking about the juveniles that have yet to be named. We've got minors that will be charged, I think, and prosecuted likely as adults. And they've refused to give their names, even though Kyle Rittenhouse continues to beat the drum of why in the world was I a minor and they threw my name out there, or even the even that Holden Armenta kid who painted his face was nine years old, they gave his name out. We've seen all kinds of things happen, but boy, they sure get secretive on a couple of different things in places that are liberal, like Kansas City, Missouri. They get secret around the juvenile names. For whatever reason, they're going to try to protect these kids and not ruin their life. We don't want them. The Pointer Institute says they've written a, a, this is a journalism outfit. They've written a story this week that you shouldn't have someone's life ruined over one bad decision. Well, we don't know exactly what those juveniles did at Union Station. If they're firing shots, I think we're going to find out, and we always seem to find out in the case of Ibera, the man in Athens, Georgia, that it's never one bad decision. Like, we all sort of agree with that. But the one bad decision thing is usually something much smaller and happens at a young age. Perhaps these juveniles had been picked up before for having illegal drugs on them or they got into a fight at school or something occurred that they got taken in. In the case of Ibera in Athens, Georgia, we had this man in custody three times before he killed. Three times. We got him at the border and just allowed him to come in illegally. He went to New York where he got a delivery job and strapped a kid to the back of a bike driving around Manhattan, delivering food to people, endangering a child and getting arrested for that. And when he didn't like that, they let him go. He went to Athens, Georgia, where he could be around a whole bunch of young, pretty college girls. And what did he do there? He started shoplifting in liberal Athens, Georgia. And they let him go three times. So the one bad decision certainly was not the murder. That's the worst decision, but that's not one bad decision. It is unlikely that anybody that fired a shot at Union Station in Kansas City, and this is what Pointer Institute is pointing out, and a lot of people are reacting to the left saying, listen, we can't give these kids names. We got to be more protective. Well, we know what they are. They're black. They're likely gang members. This doesn't fit their narrative of Kyle Rittenhouse or Holden Armenta or any of these other things that have happened. So we're going to protect these names. And we're going to do it and say, we can't ruin a juvenile's life over one bad decision. And I'll just go ahead and make the argument right now that this wasn't one bad decision. The the decision to fire a weapon in a crowd couldn't possibly be your first bad decision because you have an illegal gun that you packed into a backpack and you took to a large crowd. That was your first bad decision. If you'd never made another bad decision in your life, that was your first bad decision. To actually discharge it was your second bad decision. 
I am so sick of people making excuses for these bad decisions. I've made some terrible decisions in my life. I've paid prices for those. You've made bad decisions. We're humans. We make bad decisions. But we never see these things happen on the news where, oh, they got the perp, and it's the first thing ever. Like the first thing ever. No, no. And at the very least, what we hear people say is, well, we've lived next to him for 13 years and thought he was really creepy. You know, the dudes that go out and find the women, the serial killer types or whatever, like, yeah, he was always an odd duck. He kept to himself. It was kind of strange. They never really say, oh, <laughs> they hear it and they go, mm, yeah, that maybe adds up if, if you haven't had any kind of a prior. But most every single time there's a prior here. And we've all done things, but I'll ask you this. This is a simple question. When was the last time you were in custody? <laughs> like, I don't know a lot of people that have been taken into custody. I know a couple, and most of them were athletes. People that I know after their playing days got taken into custody for whatever reason. Thinking of one off the top of my head that had a gun in his glove box one time and got taken into custody. Um, I just, I don't know a lot of people that get taken in. And so we have a murder in Georgia with a guy that we had three times was in custody. Three times in a very short period in what, 16 months? He'd only been here 16 months and he'd been in custody three times. It just doesn't. And now we talk about the juveniles. They go into custody. We don't release their names. We don't want to ruin their life because of one bad decision. It's not one bad decision. If they shot their guns off, that had to be at least the second or third bad decision of the day. Probably more like the 15th bad decision of a bad day. Now, maybe they want to reframe this and say one bad day. I don't know. But I just, this is what they do on the left. They change the entire narrative and the entire conversation by bringing up something that cannot be defined, something that is simple and plain that we all agree with. And again, I've never met anybody that doesn't believe that one bad decision shouldn't ruin a person's life. Now, if you're, you live a perfectly clean life and you just snap one day and get a gun and go kill somebody, yes, your one bad decision should change your life. Yes, absolutely. That doesn't happen. What leads you to that point is a series of bad decisions or mental illness or other things. Your life could already be ruined before you go crazy and turn to something really dark. These are not always voluntary. Some people are really sick and twisted and have gigantic problems and our system doesn't catch them. But again, we don't, we don't treat those people like we used to. We used to lock them up. We put them in insane asylums. We don't do that anymore. The mental health problems, we just try to drug it. We give you some government-appointed shrink that gives you some pills, and we send you back out there to do whatever. And you do whatever. Because we're living in bizarro world. We absolutely are living in a bizarro world that these things happen like this. And I, I, just, I, can't, I just cannot stand the narrative on the left because they're so dishonest in so much that they do. There is nothing more dishonest than taking crimes, shootings, and these are all, these are not, again, these aren't white dudes. This is in Kyle Rittenhouse. I didn't hear anybody at Pointer Institute in journalism say, they really shouldn't release Kyle Rittenhouse's name because he was acting in self-defense and we can't ruin that young man's life for one bad decision. Well, he was defending himself. His actual decision to shoot was not his bad decision. His bad decision that day was going there. 
All right, I, I still to this day can make an argument. Kyle Rittenhouse was probably looking for trouble. He wanted to go be a hero and stop what was going on and was waiting for somebody to pull a gun on him. His bad decision was going. He thought he was doing the right thing, but it was a bad decision to go. It was a bad decision to go. He didn't have good intentions. <laughs> he was packing, man. He was going down there to, to act like a police officer. I'm going to go police this thing. I'm going to protect this car lot. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a hero. It worked out for him. He didn't open fire on anybody until he had a gun pointed at him. But the bad decision was to go there. Bad decision in his case probably wasn't firing, although the bad decision got him in all kinds of trouble. It got him arrested and jailed in a trial and the whole thing. But there's never one bad decision in these things. We're talking about bad decisions. People get DUIs. And thank God, you know, if you get a DUI or something, you didn't hurt anybody. Right? You know, and you learned from it. And that one DUI probably shouldn't ruin your life. You make one bad decision. You do something, I, I, I don't even, I, off the top of my head, I can't even think of the things that are bad decisions. Most kids, juveniles, teenagers, at some point, somehow, somewhere, grab something, take something, whether it's something they find and keep, or whether it's something they steal out of a store, a candy bar. We saw kids and stuff steal candy when we were little. Those are bad decisions. That shouldn't ruin your life. You make bad decisions in school. You get in trouble. I got in trouble in school. I would talk and pop off and do stuff and get in trouble in school. Those were bad decisions, but it didn't ruin my life. I don't look at Ibera killing a woman in Athens, Georgia as a bad decision. I don't look at these juveniles packing these guns in backpacks and going to the rally as one bad decision. Firing the weapon had to be the fifth bad decision of the day. I can't defend these people. And I just, I can't stand it when I, when, when they twist these things, we've got a dead girl in Athens. We've got all this stuff that happened in Kansas city and they're twisting and say, well, we can't give the names up of these kids because we don't want to ruin their lives. We don't want to ruin their lives because they're 17 and 15 years old or whatever the ages are of these two juveniles at union station. We're going to ruin their lives by giving their names out. You're going to protect them. There's no other reason you're protecting them other than they're black in any gang. That's a fact. That's just a fact. And you don't want it to add to the crime stats. You don't want it out there. You don't want it seen. This warm weather is making Kansas City deadly. It was a very slow year for homicides in Kansas City as we had a freezing cold January. But it's ticking up, baby. We're up to 19. We had another one overnight last night. Kansas City, Missouri's got 19 homicides. You don't want to know the statistics. Well, you do know the statistics on these. It is majority black-on-black crime. Uh, but it's all in some way gang or drug related, almost all of it. Some of it is domestic disputes. Some of it is abuse. Some of it is men shooting at women that are drunk, jacked up, problem situation, domestic violence. Got it. That's awful. But that's, that's your categories. Let's find one that's not. St. Louis had one that's not. Did you see this clown? This dude went to a concert last Thursday night in downtown St. Louis and gets in his Jeep afterwards and decides to run every light through downtown at 70 miles an hour. He's just ripping through red lights. When he mows over a mother and a daughter and kills them instantly, it's caught on a traffic camera. It's one of the most disturbing things you'll ever see. 
This was in St. Louis, Missouri. It is awful to watch. He's doing 70. He runs through a red light and plows right into these two people, and they just go flying and die instantly. I mean, brutal murder. The guy gets arrested. They take him to jail. The judge, who's a black woman, the driver of the car, who's a black man, sets bail at $200,000 and then says, but you only have to post 10% of it. We'll let you go. And he walked the next day. Have you seen it? I didn't show it to Jessica. I described it to her and she said, I don't want to see it. I can't unsee it. 70 miles an hour in downtown St. Louis. These are every block has a streetlight. He just decides he ain't doing it. He's going to run every red light and try to dodge everybody he can. And then he hits these two, a woman and a daughter visiting from Chicago. Walking in downtown St. Louis, plowed over 70 miles an hour. And the judge sets him free the next day on 10% of his bail. Jessica said, why did you let him go? Why did, why did she let him go? I said, well, you take a look. Here's the pictures of the judge and the, and the, uh, the perp that committed the crime. You tell me. Why? Well, are we just at a phase in America where here's what we're going to do? If you're black and you get arrested, we're going to let you loose until the trial's over. Is that what we're going to do? They're not letting Ibera loose in Georgia. They're keeping him in now. Fourth time's the charm, Jose. You killed a girl. We're going to keep you this time. This should be, they prove this, that he did it, Ibera. This should be the swiftest death penalty in America. And I would support a law. If I were in Congress right now, I would be trying to pass in the House. I'd be writing a bill, the swift punishment Illegal Alien Swift Punishment Act. You kill, you get the death penalty within 90 days. Boom, done, you're dead. You're gone, we ain't sending you home, you're dead. You're dead. We convict you of murder and you're an illegal alien, we're killing you. It's over, you're done. There's no jail, there's no free lunch. They're coming here for free stuff. This dude's gonna live in jail and live the life of Riley. There was another guy out there on TikTok yesterday in Spanish describing the pot of gold and he's holding up his little six-week-old baby and said, here it is, here's my pot of gold. He came here illegally. He had to work, couldn't get any money, knocked a chick up, had a baby and he says, here's my pot of gold. The money comes in every month. This is an American citizen. My baby's an American citizen and they're giving me money for this baby. He has found his way through the loopholes in an inner city where the Democrats are going to pay him money for coming in here, getting somebody pregnant, and having a baby. And that baby is instantly American. And you get money for this. What are we doing in this country? We can't sustain this. We cannot keep this country. It's impossible. There's too many ways to default the system. And I'm not picking on Hispanic-speaking people. I don't know what country he was from. The Chinese are doing this. The Chinese are coming over. This is a whole business and has been for quite a while. You want to drop your baby in America. They come over. There's like literally resort style properties, healthcare resorts that take rich Chinese couples that come to America when they're seven months pregnant and they check in for 10 weeks and they drop their baby in the United States. And the baby is now an American citizen. It is a dual citizen, American and Chinese. 
Then they go back home. They can come here. The baby's got status. Baby's got citizenship. That's what this is. This isn't really even, we talk a lot about the illegals that are walking in, that they can vote. California's got 2 million illegal aliens. If they get a driver's license, which you can do without being a citizen, they will let you vote in California. We've got illegal aliens voting in California. That's happening. California's gone. It's just gone. So that's that. And the Democrats love that. They'll take that. They want these people to walk in and somehow find a way to vote. But this is the tip of the iceberg. What they want these men to do is come here and father babies. That's what they want. They're bringing men in right and left to father babies. They're all horny 16 to 30-year-olds. You've seen them pouring across the border. They're all coming here for a $25 an hour job and to get laid. And they can't wait. And that baby drops here, that baby's American. And that baby's a Biden voter. Well, Biden will be dead by the time that person votes, but a Democrat voter in all likelihood. They're asking people literally at the border, who you vote and who would you vote for, Trump or Biden, Trump or Biden. It's 90-some percent Biden because Biden's the one who's giving them stuff to come and making the place open, of course. And they know Donald Trump is now saying, biggest deportation in the history of the world, day one of the Trump presidency. Day one, Trump says, largest deportation ever. And he's got sentiment on his side. When Trump was president and there was not an illegal alien problem, we didn't have an overrun border. Only 35% of Americans say they supported a border wall because Trump was president and he was taking care of the border. So it wasn't a big story. People didn't see what was good. It wasn't happening. Like 35% of America said, yeah, finish the wall. 35% because Trump was stopping it. Now with Biden in, first time ever. They only started polling in 2015 when Trump said he wanted to build a wall. They've only been doing this poll for nine years. It is now the highest number ever recorded. A majority of Americans, 53% of Americans say, finish the damn wall. The number of people in the poll that were asked, do you think an illegal alien is more likely to commit a crime than an American citizen? That number has doubled in the last three years. Americans are responding, yes, we believe illegal aliens are more likely to commit crimes because of course they are. Venezuela has emptied their prisons on us. Venezuela has emptied the prisons and they've stopped flights back into their country to bring these people back. Deportation flights, they won't allow them to land. Venezuela is emptying its prisons into the United States. Where do you think Jose Ibera came from? You don't think he's got a criminal record in Venezuela? Come on. People, you got to wake up, man. You got to wake up. All right, KKHI is brought to you by bstock.net. My friend Leah over at bstock.net says, we have the huge overstock special going on right now. There's a Samsung Q60 50-inch QLED smart TV for $359. She says it is over $600 at Nebraska Furniture Mart. Okay? $359 at bstock. This is the last week of February deals. They're doing a blowout. It ends at the end of this week. You got through Saturday at bstock.net on their blowout pricing on all their TVs, all their computers, all of their accessories, and some fun stuff like Shark Ninja appliances. See the retail showroom floor for more on that. And the Foodie 5-in-1 Indoor Grill for $139. They've got the Ninja Dual Brew Coffee Maker, just $139. That's a KKHI price. You're going to love it. bstock.net. You may be the only customer there. I always say that. It's a giant warehouse. They're an internet company. But they open up the warehouse for you to come in because you live here and save big. 
Just mention KKHI when you walk in. You're going to see actual uh, podcast specials on the floor right there. Uh, Go do it. They're awesome people. Bstock.net's at 14680 South Flaming Road. North Kansas City Dental is Dr. Bill Bush. He should be your dentist. Jessica's going later this month. It's her time for a checkup. I was there a few months ago. It's just a wonderful experience. He's he's taken this big building in North Kansas City and completely renovated and redone all of it. They've got the North Kansas City Aesthetics is right there with him as well. I mean, this guy's a doer. He is really something. And if you're not, like, completely sold and loyal with your dentist, give him a chance. Or if you haven't been to the dentist in a while and you're like, dang, I need to make an appointment, call North Kansas City Dental and get your checkup. 816-471-2911. Get those teeth cleaned. It feels so good when you're done. Let them professionally floss them out and clean them for you. And, oh, you're going to feel so good and fresh when you walk out of NKC Dental. Two locations, Kansas and Missouri, 816-471-2911. NKCDental.com. And Amini's Galleria is the home of the Copper Dome. Outdoor furniture is what's on the menu right now at Amini's, and it's yummy furniture. They got the good stuff at Amini's. You want to relax outdoors this season? Now's the time to get into Amini's and check it out. They've got financing available, 60 months, no interest. R. Ash Amini and his family have been operating in Kansas City since the 70s. They've branched out to St. Louis, Tulsa, and Oklahoma City. They have a wonderful business and all the best products for your home. At Amini's, 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. Today, Tuesday, February 26th, is National Retro Day. And I'll just ask the question, what would you like to be retro today? Our border? Our war policies, prices, mortgage rates, gasoline. I got one for National Retro Day. And this is going to, ladies, you're just going to have to, I, I think most of the ladies listening are going to agree with me. I think you're going to agree with me. Some of you may be offended. I don't really care. I'm just going to go there. If I had a retro wish, and this has nothing, this is not me being creepy or weird or sexually or anything like that, okay? That's all I'm talking about. If I had a retro wish, I would like to go back to a time where women cared more about their appearance. That's the headline of it. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about blue hair, nose rings, uh, you know, the wife beater t-shirts that show tattoos all over their arms and legs and really tight short shorts on really big girls. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know every guy listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. If we could retro anything, could we just go back to a time where women cared more about what they look like? Now, that could be a sexist thing because maybe men don't care as much. And maybe I don't notice it with men as much. But I, I've always, there's always been sort of a, a thing with men. Like if you think of a guy, okay, that guy's not trying. What are we talking about? We talking about guy, some guy that, that works hard every day, wears jeans with holes in the knees, and maybe he's got long hair and a ponytail and he sweats a lot or whatever. That's kind of manly when you're doing that. You know, you're working on the road crew or something. There's something kind of manly about it. I don't know. And maybe guys aren't trying as hard. And listen, there's plenty of obesity to go around. And a lot of guys not trying to stay fit or whatever. I'll give you that. I'm just talking about the women, like, tatting up completely, too many piercings, 
not even really trying to look good and thinking, okay, we, I, I now live in a culture where I can be accepted for being whatever it is that I want to be, which sounds great. But like all the things that sound great like that from the left, when you enact those things, they really don't look as great as they sound. That's it. That's my, I think if I had one retro thing, I'd just say, let's just back off on the tattoos and piercings with the ladies. Be a good place to start. And, you know, like the blue and red hair dye kind of stuff. Retro day. Uh, this isn't really retro, but I want to point out that if you would like to become a patron of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, we're throwing a hell of a patron party on March 28th. I'm very excited about it. March 28th is Royals opening day, and if you're not going to the game, we're going to have a watch party. We're going to watch the Royals season opener against the Twins at 3 o'clock on Thursday, March 28th at an undisclosed location here. I told everybody on the patron podcast where it will be yesterday, and we're expecting a great turnout from the patrons. If you'd like to become a patron and meet us all at the party, we'd love to have you. You've got to be a patron to get there. Go to kkhasissues.com, click on Become a Patron, and sign up for $5.99 a month to become a patron. You'll get three patron podcasts a week and the newsletter on the weekend and the exclusive patrons-only party where I buy. I buy food for everybody. I feed you. We're going to do a taco bar. I'm giving you too much of a hint now. That's too much of a hint. We're doing a taco bar where we're going, and I pay for all of it. You just got, you only got to pay for what you drink. You come on in. You have a good time. You're around like-minded people. It's very comfortable. You, you will get in your, after leaving a patron's party, you will get in your car and drive home and go, that's the best I've felt in weeks because you're going to be around people who talk sense. You're going to feel comfortable to say whatever you want to anyone you want. It's, it's liberating, man. It really is fun. You will really, really like being a patron and being around the patrons. And many people have found that they wind up doing business with other patrons, that they have something in common. They'll meet somebody who, like, let's say you're a mortgage uh, broker and you meet somebody who's a realtor. And all of a sudden, oh, hey, listen, let's do some work together. And they pair it up. And it's unbelievable how many people meet at these things and wind up doing business because you want to do business with somebody you like. And here's the best part. If we got 75 people hanging out in there, eating tacos and watching the Royals, you're going to like every one of them. You're going to like every single person. When was the last time you went to a meet and greet or a 75 person event where you liked everybody there? You're going to like them all. It's cool. It's a fun family. We call it our family, our extended family. It's a fun family. You will like being a patron. And if you'd like to come to our patron party on March 28th, we'd love to have you. Just sign up to become a patron at kkhasissues.com. That's kkhasissues.com. Click on become a a patron. We'd love to have you. Also, don't forget all our sponsors are at the kklist.com. If you don't remember who the sponsors are while we're doing the podcast or don't write them down because you're driving in the car or whatever, you can always access the website, thekklist.com. That's thekklist.com. It's all the podcast sponsors plus others that are just sponsors on the KK list. Handymen, services, different things that are there. They're all on the list and we've, we know all these people. We've vetted every single one of them. They either listen to the podcast, they're people we know, they're people that have signed on. We love having them. If you want to get your business listed on the KK list, go to the KK list and click on join the list. It'll open up an email box. You can email Jessica and find out how to get on the list. It's pretty cool stuff. You'll find great sponsors there like Advanced Medical Imaging online at medimageks.com. See what's inside at Advanced Medical Imaging. Why wait for your MRI or CT scan? Get it done today. If you've never had a heart scan and you're over 40, 
You need to do it. It's out of pocket, but it's only about 100 bucks at Advanced Medical Imaging, online at medimageks.com. Choslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, is the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. Everybody loves Joslyn's. It's a great shopping experience. You'll have a great time there. Take your best girl, guys, and go on in there and go shopping. Find her something that sparkles. You'll have a great experience. It really is fun, and it's not expensive. You can find a bracelet, uh, all kinds of items in there for not very much money, or maybe you'd like to add a diamond or two to a ring and tell her how much more you love her today than the day you married her. Go for it. It's Joslyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch in Overland Park, the jewelry you recommend to your friends and family. And our friends at MyPillow.com, now featuring a huge sale. You see Mike Lindell everywhere. He's back out there again, advertising up and running. They're doing better. They need an influx of cash because they got hammered by some people in the media and canceled. A lot of their advertising gets canceled, but not here. We are thrilled to be associated with Mike Lindell and the folks at MyPillow and MyStore.com. If you're inclined to shop there and buy any of their great American-made products, please use the promo code KKHI. Or call this number if you'd like to order by phone. This is the KKHI number, 800-923-9034. That's 800-923-9034 from MyPillow.com or MyStore.com. On to sports. The Chiefs say they're going to announce a reimagined Arrowhead Stadium at a news conference on Wednesday. Everybody's buzzing. Is this thing going to be covered? What are we going to have? No, it's not going to be covered. I just don't think so. I think what they're going to do is what they do at a lot of different stadiums now, and they did this in Miami, where the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, as you recall, and won. They they took what was Joe Robbie Stadium. And then at the top, okay, you, I guess the iconic famous stadiums are the Dallas stadiums. The Cowboys did it first, then they did it again, where the fans are covered quite a bit, but it's open air down to the field. So the elements, if it's raining or whatever, still come down onto the field, whatever, and, and those sorts of things, they can still do that. Remember the old Texas stadium? Miami's done that. I think the Chiefs are going to do some of that. I think what they want to do is sort of cover and enclose parts of the upper deck. If you can imagine doing that above those seats there and keeping them a little bit more out of the elements and maybe even putting some heaters in or things like that, I think they could do that. You know, these radiant heat things now are pretty remarkable. And when it's really, really cold, like 10 or 20 degrees, it can make a big difference in your game experience. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they want to accommodate comforting the fans. But I think the Hunt family wants to keep Arrowhead, the tradition, the grass field, the playing in the elements. I think they want to keep all that. And I think that is a good decision. I don't think, I think the last thing you want is artificial turf here. So if there were an enclosure or something, would it be enclosed all the time? Do they have to find a way to slide the field in and out? It gets complicated. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to build more comfort for the fans over the seats. I don't think that stadium needs to be completely open like it is. I would be okay with covering 30 rows of the upper deck from the sun, from the, the rain. These are the cheaper seats, but you can use more protection up there than a lot of places. It'd be pretty cool. I think that's what they're going to do. Then, of course, they'll have amenities. I think the Chiefs want to build probably a new facility right there when Kauffman Stadium is torn down. I think they'll build there. They're going to build this thing out and build a destination. They'll probably be wind up being a hotel. They'll probably give some of their plans talking about this, and they should. I had a conversation yesterday with Patrick Tui, who's with the Show Me Institute. He will be on KKHI next week. Patrick Tui's a really smart guy, and he don't like taxes very conservative, the Show Me Institute. And he's now a once-a-week opinion writer for the Kansas City Star. 
So we're going to have him on. I think it's a nice move that the star has somebody conservative that's writing for them now. So Patrick Tuohy will be our guest next week on KKHI. And I talked with him on the phone yesterday for about a half an hour about all this. And he is livid about a couple of things. Uh, one, he, he thinks it's an absolute joke that the Royals are now starting to leak. Well, if we don't do this, you know, they could move to Nashville. That's disingenuous. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere, by the way. But Tui recently wrote a piece at the Show Me Institute. He's mad about the way they're campaigning the sales tax. Tui writes, proponents present this as an extension of the tax and not a new tax. They are wrong. It is a new tax. First, think of this logically. If the county legislators not act, or if the voters reject this measure, the current tax will expire in 2031. The legislature is seeking voter approval exactly because this other legislative action is going to expire. Secondly, let's examine the original tax approved in 2006. It does not contemplate an extension. It does not set forth any mechanism by which a tax could be extended. It simply imposes the tax and states it expires in 25 years. Thirdly, the legislative language Jackson County voters are being asked to approve this time around would sunset the existing tax and explicitly states this is a new tax. Subject to the approval of the voters of the county, the new levy will begin upon the first imposed and continue for a term of 40 years. Tui's right. This is a new tax. It's a new tax. And it's a nuance. It's a small thing. We expect people to lie to us when they're campaigning, but he's mad as hell about it. He's like, don't tell us this is an extension. That It really should be against the law. I mean, if we have fair play and equal play and equal time laws enacted in this country, you should have to tell the truth. This is a new tax, and it is written in the statute that it is a new levy. Good for 40 years. He's right. He's going to be our guest next week. It will be interesting. We'll talk about what's going on here. My issue to this point, and I said I may change my mind by April 7th, but right now I'm voting no. Now, the Chiefs News Conference tomorrow is a step in the right direction because I want to hear what they have to say. And to, and to be honest, I'm bad about this because I, I trust Clark Hunt to spend his own money to do it right and to find the private money, and they've got it. I never trust the Royals to spend money. I just don't. And I don't, I've not heard one peep on how the, the Royals say they need $2 billion, and this one's going to be, this, this tax is $340 million? Uh, where's the other 1.6 some million, a billion coming from? I haven't heard that from the Royals. And I think they owe it to voters to say, we've got this. This is what we're going to do. We got the rest of it paid. There won't be another tax. If the Royals said there won't be another tax, I'm voting for this. But I haven't heard that of you. No, because Kansas is probably going to have one. Missouri's probably going to have one. They're going to try to go to the federal government somehow and get some money. You just watch. They just want to get this one on the books. This is just the first train leaving the station. We got a whole fleet of trains going to be rolling out there. So that's got me bothered a little bit. I'm not saying I, I'm going to vote, would vote no on April 2nd. Right now, my vote would be no. I don't know enough. And they have not convinced me that they're doing the right thing and that there's going to be enough private money. And I don't trust them until they do. If this legislation says, upon the Royals securing $1 billion in private financing, Jackson County will impose a three-and-eighth-cent sales tax for 40 years, then I'd vote yes. But it doesn't say anything in there about the Royals securing private funding. It doesn't say that. On the field, the Royals are pitching their tails off as they win again on Monday. They're three and one. That's 18, well, it's two straight shutouts. Seth Lugo, the $45 million man that the Royals signed this offseason, 
who was terrific with the Padres last year, two scoreless innings. The Royals have played back-to-back games, nine-inning games, without giving up a run. Uh, It's spring training. But spring training, normally, this is where we start seeing all these like 11 to 8 games. Pitching's usually ahead of hitting early. Okay, so we're going to watch it as we go. I'm not getting excited. Spring training. But you didn't want the opposite. You go out and you acquire new pitching. You spend a lot of money on it. You make trades. You do all these things and get this new pitching staff, starting pitching staff, rotation. They come in and pitch well. It's at least worth noting. It's at least worth noting. There's a ridiculous non-debate. Clearly, football season's over. It's slow in sports when all anybody's talking about is court storming in college basketball. This is the most harmless thing there is. I don't want to hear about Filipowski at Duke. He's not hurt. Let me repeat this. I don't want to hear about Filipowski. He's not hurt. If he misses time, oh, okay. I was wrong. Please. Caitlin Clark and her flop that she took the night. Oh, there's so much danger. Iowa women's basketball got beat. Oh, Caitlin Clark. Stop. This is Blue Bloods being brats is what it is. The bigger story here isn't about kids storming a court. The bigger story is twofold. It's, number one, the home team. It's a very simple thing to do. They've done this in the Big 12 many times. Kansas has experienced this. You've, you've seen this happen to Kansas. They go on the road, and the little usher people that wear those yellow vests come bringing around a rope around the Kansas bench right as the game ends. They surround them with a rope all the way to the tunnel. The handshake line is over. Here come the kids, and off go the KU players. We've seen that happen with KU. It's not fun for KU to lose a game, but the, the, the little security guys, there's security in the building for a reason. Protect the team. That's it. It's easy to do. Nobody's coming out of the stands to hurt a player. That's not what they're going out there to do. That's a crime. These are college kids. They want to go celebrate with their fellow college students who make $2 million or whatever. That's just what they want to do. This is a non-controversy. It's stupid. So that's number one. The home team, that's easy. You get the ropes, you get security around the team, and you get them out. That's easy. This is not difficult. Not hard at all. Right? Number two is we're just talking about spoiled, rotten, blue blood brats complaining about this stuff. We're talking about Duke, for God's sake. Duke's going to complain about it. Oh, and now Jay Billis is out there saying, hey, if they want to stop it just one time, all they got to do is circle the court with ropes and tell everybody to have a seat. You're not leaving until we process every one of you. We're going to write each and every one of you a citation and book you into custody, and that's that. Arrest them all. It'll be the last court storming ever. Oh, Jay Billis wants to arrest him because Duke lost a basketball game. Screw you, Jay Billis. There's a lot about Jay Billis I like. The worst of Jay Billis is awful. It's just awful. He was all for paying all these players. He's loving this. This is going to blow up in their face. There's going to be more and more parity. It's starting to look like there's going to be more and more parity in college athletics because you can pay players. And if you're the sixth best player at Duke, and somebody wants to make you the second best player on their team and pay you a million dollars, you're leaving Duke. This is getting interesting. So what he championed all along could hurt his beloved alma mater, but make no mistake about it. Jay Billis is out there saying we should arrest these kids because Duke lost a basketball game. Ridiculous Filipowski. No court storming in Manhattan last night. Boy, Jerome Tang dodged a bullet, folks. 
Jerome Tang had a bad, he had a good night until he didn't. K-State blew a 25-point lead in the second half and found themselves down four with a minute and 20 to go. I'm going to repeat that again. This was going to be the worst loss in Kansas State history. They've never blown a 25-point lead, never blown anything like that. 16 more turnovers for the Wildcats, who aren't apparently a very, they're either not a very coachable bunch or Jerome Tang isn't doing a very good job coaching. I don't know which, but they're ugly. And for a few minutes in the first half, Kansas State looked great, but I got to be honest, I think they looked great because West Virginia was just terrible, like missing point-blank layups and everything else, just awful. It is impossible to put into words how bad West Virginia was in the first half. Although K-State came out in the second half and tried to match it. And maybe in a way they did. They find themselves down. And then what does K-State do? They get the game to overtime. And they win it 94-90. That is 7-0 this year in overtime for K-State. That is an NCAA record. Jerome Tang has started his career as a head coach 12-0 in overtime. That has to be a record. That absolutely has to. But it was a bad night for Jerome Tang because he was asked about the sparse crowd on Monday night and he got on the students and said, they got to show up. They need to be here. Jerome Tang as a coach, this is a fact, not an opinion. Jerome Tang's coaching blew a 25-point lead at home and after the game criticized students for not being there in bigger numbers. His team is hard to watch. They're not good. They are not well coached. It is a miracle that they're 7-0 in overtime. And I want to remind you, they don't beat anybody, right? Like, it's always a struggle. These seven wins, my God, what would their season be? If he was 6-6 six and six instead of 12-0 and 12, 12 in overtime over the last two years, Jerome Tang would be on the hot seat right now. They'd be talking about firing him because he wouldn't have made the tournament last year. He wouldn't have even made the tournament last year if not for all these overtime wins. Now, how they're doing, it's great that they're winning them. But it's a fluke, and you know it's a fluke. It just is. And most of these games should never have been overtime. That's the point that's being missed. They were up 25 at home in the second half with like 12 minutes to go. And one in overtime. Bad look, Jerome, getting on the fans. A listener emailed me, said, give a tip of the cap to Mid-American Nazarene, man you. They are 24-4. and four. They're their conference champs in the Art of America Conference. They're hosting the tournament beginning Tuesday night. They play at 7 o'clock. You want to watch some college basketball? NAIA, Division I Conference Champs, Mid-America Nazarene, tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, the national tourney begins next week. This is their conference tourney. And they're going to be in that. They think they're going to have a first-round home game. Pretty cool stuff. Go Mid-America Nazarene. They're like a top-12 team in NAIA Division I and should be in the tournament. Pretty cool. Kansas plays Tuesday night. They've got BYU, supposedly the top three-point shooting team. Well, they are the top three-point shooting team. Much of this has been at home, and much of this has been against weaker opponents. I don't – look, this morning, KU's a six-point favorite. I love KU minus six in this one. McCuller will not play. We don't know about the weekend yet. Bill Self said there's a bigger picture that we're dealing with here, and that is the NCAA tournament. He says we can't hold him out until then because he'll be useless in the NCAA tournament. So I think the target here is maybe the last game of the year or the Big 12 tournament, get him out there, play a couple of games, get him ready for the NCAA tournament. This is a lingering injury. Clearly is one of those things now that looks like it's not going to completely go away. And so they're they're just kind of manipulating the situation. 
where they're handling it. They're taking care of it, which is the right thing to do. I don't think Kansas has any trouble beating BYU without Kevin McCuller at Allen Fieldhouse tonight. I could be wrong, but I do not believe they will have much trouble there. Boy, what a flop the match was. Remember the thing called the match that had Patrick Mahomes in it? The golf thing called the match? It was on TNT last night in West Palm Beach, Florida with Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, and then Lexi Thompson and Rose Zhang, ladies golfers. And this was an absolute disaster of a television production, broadcast. It was uninteresting. It was unfun. I love golf. There was nothing... The redeeming quality was they gave a lot of money to charity, and they've raised $41 million for charity over the course of the years with the match. They had the wrong people in it. It needs a celebrity. It needs a comedian. It needs something. This was not the way to do it. This was very PC. This was very liberal. We had an Irishman. We had a couple of ladies. We got it all covered here. We're going to have lots of equality inclusion in the match. And I I promise you it will be the lowest rated match ever. Not even close. I was struggling to watch the thing. The golf wasn't that good. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. The women were, boy, they hit some really, really poor shots. It just, it was like, oh boy, Rory is kicking their ass. This is not good. And they were driving up where he hits it. So the course wasn't playing longer. The women were up 50 yards or whatever. They're just not as good. And you're like, oh, this is not fair. Not fair, not good. The match was a train wreck. Our final final is brought to you by Finch Knife Company. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch pocket knife. Carry it every day, everywhere you go. Online at finchknifeco.com. Fry Orthodontics, where Dr. Jeremy Fry and his team love to meet your individual goals and eliminate excessive treatment. Videos of how they do this are on their website at fryorthodontics.com. Teeth love us. You will, too. Your first appointment is free at fryorthodontics.com. And TimeWise Media. My friends at TimeWise Media have over 20 years' experience, a trusted local marketing partner with a wealth of knowledge to help small and medium-sized businesses for success. They do dynamic TV and radio ad campaigns for you. They also offer a full suite of marketing services under one roof. All kinds of great things like social media, being accountable, accessible, accurate. It's all what TimeWise does. If you think they can help your business, They'd love to work for you. SEO per click, social media, keywords, site retargeting, web development. It's all right there. Timewisemedia.com can help you grow your business. Call Chris Benson at 913-702-2722 or online at timewisemedia.com. Our final final is Kevin Costner, who has blown up the Yellowstone franchise and apparently has to go back for a week at some point and get killed on that series. (laughs) <laughs> They're clearly going to kill him if Yellowstone ever finishes up. But he's been working, I guess, for something like 30 years on a project called Horizon and American Saga. It's four movies. So think of it like Star Wars when George Lucas had his first three. This is four movies Kevin Costner has, and it, it covers, um, he's been working on it for years and years and years. And I think it covers a long period of time after the Civil War in the Wild West. So I I don't think it happens like in one year. I think it goes over maybe a couple decades. This thing runs out. So he's just been working on this. Kevin Costner spent $20 million of his own cash. He borrowed $50 million against his real estate properties to fund this project. He thought when he put $20 million in, a lot of people would jump on board with him and say, we're in, we'll invest, we'll do this. And they didn't. He's funding this himself to a certain degree. He's done that before with other movies. And it worked out okay for him. 
And he was going through a divorce as he was funding this, which actually helped him in his divorce. It, it brought down his worth quite significantly. And so that's all going on. He, he co-wrote, directs, and stars in this. And this is going to be coming out June 28th in theaters, Horizon, and American Saga. And then on August 12th, Horizon and America Saga Part 2 comes out. There will be two full movies come out in June and August, back-to-back, close together. Hollywood thinks he's crazy. He thinks people are trained to do this now, that they're used to streaming, they're used to having things on demand, and his thought is the theaters need to emulate what streaming services are doing. And if you're coming out with one, you don't make somebody wait three years to see the next movie. You do the movie, two months later, you come out with the next installment. Then it's going to be a while for three and four. I'm not sure they've even started production or anything on those. I think they're going to wait and see if they lose their shirts on this first couple and go from there. But pretty interesting. I like Westerns. I like Kevin Costner. And I will definitely go see Horizon and American Saga. Our final final today at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.